0: Today's passage today is Matthew 25, 14 to 30, the parable of the talents. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents and likewise he who had received two gained two more also but he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his lord's money after a long time the lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them so he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents saying his lord said to him well done good and faithful servant you have been faithful over a few things i will make you ruler over many things and turn to the joy of your lord then he who had received the one talent came and said lord i knew you to be a hard man reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed and i was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground look there you have what is yours. But but his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. For to everyone who has more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth.
1: You may be seated. In case you don't know that fine young man, that is, that is my new best friend. That's my main man right there. His name is Luke Tippett, age 14. Thank you, Luke, for reading the uh, Word of God to us. Would you pray with me for just a moment? Father, I thank you for this opportunity to be here. Uh, Father, your servant um, is at your command. I pray, Father, that you would use uh, the Word of God uh, to do the work of God through the Church of God this morning. Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. I did not sleep well last night. I was so excited that I had trouble falling asleep because I knew that this morning I would have the opportunity to stand here and share the Word of God this morning. It's uh, both a privilege and it's an honor uh, to be able to stand here uh, and uh, and share with you from my heart what has happened uh, this week. And uh, my prayer is that, not my voice, but the voice of the Holy Spirit through the Word of God will speak to you this morning. Now one of the things as a, uh, as a grandfather, you have the authority and you have the privilege to recognize your grandchildren. And so I'm gonna exercise that authority and that, and that privilege this morning. And I'm gonna let you know that Perry Dyer turned 18 years of age this past Friday. And I know I'm prejudiced, but there has never been a finer grandson uh, than Perry Dyer. And uh, we love that young man, and uh, he's so faithful. Every morning, he's sitting there in the sound booth, and he's running our slides for us this morning. These are exciting times at Infinity Church. Um, Unless you are just absolutely in a coma or you have been called on by the Lord, you have to sense the enthusiasm, the excitement, um, the uh, spirit of oneness, the spirit of unity, the looking straight ahead and not looking to the left or to the right. It is all within uh, our family of believers here, and it drips with excitement and enthusiasm. And the reason that it does that is because the Lord has chosen in His mercy to give us a season of growth. It is nothing that we do in and of ourselves. Growth comes from God, and God gives it, and God takes it away. And in this season, in the life of Infinity Church, we are experiencing spiritual growth, we are experiencing numerical growth, we are experiencing financial growth, and we are experiencing ministry growth. And we praise the Lord for that, and we are so aware of the mercy that He is placing upon us. So you and I share an identity together. We are part of the body of believers that make up this church family that we identify ourselves as Infinity Church. And what a wonderful opportunity it is for us to be servants of our master and for us to be part of the kingdom building that is taking place here. Not only just in our Jerusalem, but, but all over the world, as we extend our, our uh, influence, our missionaries, and our offerings go out into even countries outside of the borders of the United States. So my prayer and the prayer of our pastor and the prayer of our elders today is that we are bold and that we remain courageous and that we are faithful servants to this special calling that God has placed upon you and I and this body of believers that God has assembled here for this time in our ministry. And with that, I believe that there is very clear teaching and very good instruction from the Lord and from His Word as to what does that look like? for you and I as an individual and collectively as a church? What does it look like to be in a time of growth and a time of blessings, a time of expansion instead of contraction? What does it look like in a spiritual sense for you and I and collectively as a church? And so this morning I want to share... uh, a few things that I believe the Lord speaks to us through this familiar parable, the parable of the talents. It was in a Sunday school class, and the teacher was describing how Lot's wife looked back and turned into a pillar of salt. And little Jason was into this Sunday school lesson, big time. You know how little children are. And he just couldn't contain himself anymore. And so he shot up from his chair and he told his teacher, he said, my mommy turned back once while she was driving and she turned into a telephone pole. (laughs) Well, here at Infinity Church, (laughs) we are not looking back. We are not looking to the right. We're not looking to the left. Guess where we're looking? We're looking straight ahead toward Jesus. Everything we do here, everything we do uh, is all about Jesus. It's about making Jesus known. And so our vision is straight ahead, and we claim even more now than we did when we started our core verse, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, that God can do abundantly, infinitely more than what we could ask or we could imagine as individuals, but more importantly, collectively now in the body of believers that makes up Infinity Church. You've heard that Jesus is the master teacher, and he is. He was a phenomenal teacher. He he was a teacher that um, could, could take even the most complex of issues, and he would... He would bring them down to a level of his audience where his audience could understand what he was saying and the power and the depth and the magnitude of what he was teaching. And so here today in this wonderful parable that Luke read for us, um, we are going to study the parable of the talents. Now, you know what a parable is. Um, Webster defines a parable as a short, simple story with a moral lesson. You and I grew up, I talked to Wanda this week and I said, Wanda, what do you remember growing up in church when um, the pastor or the teacher talked about a parable? What, what What was a parable? And she and I both, we said, oh that's easy, it's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And that's a good definition as well. And, uh, and also in one of the commentaries that, that I looked at this past week, I saw another interesting definition about the word parable. Uh, parables both reveal and conceal the mysteries of the kingdom of God. And I thought, wow, that's good too. But Jesus was a master teacher And here he's teaching to his disciples and he shares with them this story called the parable of the talents as recorded by Matthew uh, here in chapter 25. So, as Luke read, in the clearest sense of our parable today, we can identify four characters. We can identify a man that's called the master. We can identify three servants. The master would represent Jesus Christ in this parable. The three servants represent various kinds of people. You, I, different kinds of people, different levels of spiritual uh, uh, maturity, different levels of understanding of the gospel, different levels. It just, it's various kinds of people. So the first key principle that I think we can take away from this parable as a church here at Infinity Church is this. The talents start out and they remain the property of the Master. The talents start out and remain the property of the Master. So here we see in the passage of Scripture that Luke read for us, we see that a man goes on a long journey and so he summons three of his servants. He says, um, come, come, come to me. And, and so um, we see that this parable is more than just about bags of silver or bags of gold or goods or talents. Some translations identify this as, as different um, measurements. But what I want us to gather from this is this parable is really about what Jesus expects of you and I and of our church during his absence. From the time that he has ascended back into heaven after the resurrection to a future time that he will return to gather his church home. What do we do in that time when the master is gone on a long journey? So it's, it's about building the kingdom, the master's kingdom, and putting forth the effort to do just that. So Jesus is using this, this earthly story about this man and leaving his goods, and he's teaching the disciples in us a heavenly meaning here. And it is that we are to put forth the effort, both individually and collectively, until the return of Jesus Christ. It's about the work that we have to do, the privilege to do. We'll talk about that in just a minute. It's a privilege to do the work of the Lord, but it's also about what what Christ has given, what He has assigned to us. It's about what the Master's expectations are of us I can remember my father praying many many times and this was instilled in me as a young boy growing up but he would pray many times over and over he would pray something in in, in this way he would say thank you Lord for the privilege for the privilege to be your servant when we have that type of an attitude then we, it becomes more clear to us that we are to be about our Father's business and His waiting upon His return. If you will, notice there in verse number 14 uh, that, uh, that Luke read for us. So, so a man calls his servants and he gives unto them his goods. It does not say that he gives to them some goods or the community's goods, but Matthew records Jesus' words, the master entrusted his goods unto his servants. That's a good word for us today in the year of 2023. We have been entrusted with the goods, the talents, the gifts the abilities, the possessions, the resources, everything that makes us up. We have been, entr- those have been given to us, they are entrusted to us. This church building is not ours. Um, these, these chairs are not ours. All that we own, all that we have, when we truly understand this parable, we, we understand that it belongs to our Lord and Savior. We are only placed here to be caretakers, stewards, and managers of what God has entrusted to us until He comes back to bring us home. All that we have, all the ability that we have, all all that we are belongs to the Lord. Sometimes when I hear the word self-made man, that puts my radars up a little bit. I understand what self-made man is. I understand what the individual is talking about. This individual has worked hard, they've they've been successful, they've accumulated. And I get that. But don't let that attitude go any further than that. Because there is no such thing as a self-made man. There is only a God-made man. You see, God gives you all of the capacity to work. He gives you the intelligence to make decisions. He gives us everything so that we then can in turn build His kingdom, honor, and glorify Him. In Psalms chapter 50, we see that the psalmist writes, the Lord owns the cattle on a thousand hills. In Haggai chapter 2, we see that the prophet Haggai talks about how the silver and the gold all belongs to the Lord it all belongs to the Lord and when we begin to develop that attitude as a church then there are great things that can be accomplished in Romans chapter number 14 verse 8 I love this passage of Scripture if you got your uh, pens and your little outlines there I would write this verse down Romans 14 8 Paul tells us this he says if we live it is to honor the Lord if we die it is to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. When you begin to absorb that and, and, and put that into your mind and into your spirit, then, then there's tremendous freedom and liberty that comes because we're no longer bound by fear and worry and anxiety. All belongs to the Lord, and he has entrusted it to us. Second thing that I think we can learn from this parable is that the master used discernment into whom to give the talents. Did you notice that in what Luke read? One servant got five talents. Another servant got two talents. And the third servant got one talent. You ever thought about that? Why didn't the Lord just give 2.8 talents out to all three? We're about to learn. We're about to learn why the good Lord, in His infinite wisdom, gives us only what we are capable to handle. All right? Um, Notice verse number 15 here in our scripture. Uh, he, he gives the three, uh, the five, the two, and the one. Well, you ever think about that one servant that only got one talent? He like, hey, how come that guy got five? How come he got two? I only got one. Come on, that sounds just like us, doesn't it? Sounds so much like us. The Lord is so wise in His discerning spirit. As to what he gives and entrusts unto each of us. Notice Romans chapter 12, verse 6. I'd write this verse down too. This is a great verse as well. Notice that Paul says, In his grace, in God's grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Been married to my wife for 44 years. She has certain talents and abilities and insight and intuition and ideas that I could never have, that, that would never cross my mind. And, and, and I have certain abilities and talents and strengths and, and they complement each other. And, and they, they, they bring two very totally different people together in the spirit of the Lord. And we're stronger together than we ever would be apart or as individuals. And that is the discerning spirit of the Lord when He entrusts to you and I His goods, His gifts. Here is the key learning for us. It is not how much or how little the Master entrusts to us, but how well we use what we have. Doesn't matter whether you have five, whether you have two, whether you have one, whether you have half of one. That's not the point. God's economy is so much different than ours, Okay? It is the effort that we put forth. It is what we do with what God has entrusted unto us. Because of the Master's discerning spirit, none of us, not myself, not you, can claim that we are ever overwhelmed with what we've been called to do or that we are not capable for what God has called us to do. We can never make that excuse because God in His discerning spirit and wisdom gives out His goods to whom He knows he can entrust. There's an old English proverb and it says this, everyone must row with the oars that they have. Everyone must row with the oars that they have. And that's what we do. Whatever God has given you, whatever He has entrusted you with, row with it man. Row with it. Don't be reaching over here trying to get my oars and row with my oars. And I don't need to be reaching over here trying to get your oars and row with your oars. And we don't need to worry if there's somebody that's got two oars that they're using. God's given us one oar. Row with it, man. Row with it. And row well. Um, Notice this parable is not about teaching us that the master uses these goods or these gifts or these abilities to make super- Christians, or to evaluate believers or to classify believers. That is man-made there. That is of the devil. Just because the one servant got five talents makes him no different than the one servant that got one in the eyes of the Lord. We are never to classify ourselves or evaluate ourselves. That is, simply put, of the devil and can have no good outcome. God's economy is much different than man's economy. But when we use our talents and our gifts, we are to build up each other. And we are to build up the church. I can't tell you how many times that through the years you all, You have reached out to me and my family and and my wife and have been encouragers to us. I can't tell you how many number of times other Christian brothers and sisters have reached out. and, And when we desperately needed it, there was some word of encouragement. God used you in some way to build up the brotherhood, to build up the sisterhood. And that's what Christ wants us to do in the use of these gifts and talents He's given us. Build up each other and build up the church in doing so. The third key principle that I think we can pull from this parable is this. Grace never approves of inaction or unfaithfulness. Grace never approves of inaction or unfaithfulness. The master never approves of inaction or unfaithfulness. I want you to notice verses 16 through 18 there. The one that had received the five talents, he went and increased by five talents. Likewise, the one that had received two. But notice what the one did that only received one. He went and he dug a hole and he put that talent in the hole and he covered it up. He covered it up. We see two of the three servants acted industriously. They put effort. They took the gift, the goods that the master had entrusted to them and they had no idea when he was going to return. But all they know is that when he left he gave them instructions I'm entrusting my goods to you. You take care of them. You grow them. You protect them. You you work over them. You put the effort in. And I will return one day. And and so they did that. The five to ten. The two to four. But what about that third servant? What about that third servant that had the one talent and he chose to take it and do nothing with it? Just put it off to the side. Not use it. This story does not tell us that the third servant was a bad person. Nowhere in the Scripture do we read the third servant was a bad person. We do not read that he was a dishonest person. We do not read that he was even an unethical person. But you know what his problem was? He did nothing. He did nothing. He did nothing with what God had bestowed and given unto him. And when the master returned and he sought his servants out to report back, the third servant received a, a very, very stern rebuke from the master. You see, he took the path of least resistance He no doubt stayed in his comfort zone, he took no risk, and he never, ever made himself vulnerable to anyone else or to anything else. And so in verse number 25, the master returns from his long journey and he begins to get filled in on what? they had done with their goods entrusted him. The third servant reports this. He said, I hid the talent in the earth. I did not use the gold, silver, talents, abilities, possessions. You entrusted me to advance and build your kingdom. I'll tell you, Jesus does not call us as believers to be passive. There are no such things as passive Christians. your are either hand is on that oar and you are roar, uh, rowing like crazy or you're sitting off to the sidelines and you're not part of the kingdom building that is taking place here within God's kingdom. God calls us to work. He calls us to develop. He calls us to grow. He calls us to multiply all that He has entrusted to us. You see, the first two servants, servant one and servant two, they truly understood what the Master expected of them. And with a heart of gladness, with a heart of joy, with a heart of of longing and desire, they went about taking the master's goods and developing them and growing them for the benefit of the master, for the kingdom advancement. They rightly understood that. It was a joy. It wasn't a danger. It wasn't a duty to enlarge or expand and grow the kingdom. Sadly, the third servant is a clear picture of irresponsibility and unfaithfulness. That's so important, I would write that down on your outline if you're taking notes this morning. The third servant is an example of irresponsibility and unfaithfulness. Oh, forbid that the Lord would find you and I irresponsible or unfaithful in what He has so enormously blessed us with and entrusted unto us. Matthew thirteen twelve. Uh, just a few chapters ahead, Jesus says this. He says, The one who is faithful will receive more. The faithless will lose everything. So Wanda and I, we're, uh, we're advanced on in years now, okay? I mean, you can, uh, you can say we're Medicare patients now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Um, So we're into this wellness thing, you know. We're going to, in our last third of our life, the last season of our life, we're going to stay as healthy as we can for as long as we can. So we're going to join the YMCA. (laughs) Some of you may already be members there, and I hope to see you there. Have you ever heard that old saying, if you don't do some strength training, if you don't use that muscle, you lose it? You ever heard that? Use it or lose it? That's good theology, folks. (laughs) Let me tell you, that's good theology. Jesus tells us. He says, you either use what I've entrusted to you, or I'm going to take it away from you, and I'm going to give it to this believer over here that understands it's a joy to serve me. And, and understand it's a responsibility. I'm going to give it over here. So let's use it, all right? Let's, let's don't lose it. And last, as we finish up this morning, there's, there's another fourth uh, principle I think that's so so important here. Uh, guys, all of these are good, but this may be the most important principle that I want to leave with us today as a church, okay? As we, as we, as we embark on a great adventure together, as believers of Infinity Church, to do even greater things for the Lord because it is the Lord that is giving us the growth and the opportunity. This may be the most important thing. We are never to mistake the loving character of God. Never are we to mistake the loving character of our God. Notice verse number 24. What does the third servant say. He says to the master when he came to get his report, he says, I knew thee that thou art a hard man. You see the third servant never understood the nature of the master. He never understood the nature of Jesus Christ. He had him out to be a hard taskmaster. Someone that demanded more of him than what he was capable to give or to deliver. He did not harvest the crops, uh, he harvested the crops that he did not plant, he gathered the crops that he did not cultivate. You see, the third servant in this last principle from this parable had the absolute wrong concept and belief of the master. I will tell you my Savior, my Jesus Christ, is a loving, kind, merciful, patient master. He is not a hard man. He is not a task master. I like this. Those who aim low usually hit their targets. If you're aiming low, Can't can't do much for you. You're going to probably hit that target when you aim low. But when you aim high, when we as a collective group of family of Infinity Church aim high, then we can achieve great things together than we ever could separately or alone. Proverbs chapter 23 verse 7 says this, So as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The third servant was faithless, he was unfaithful, he was irresponsible. It is not the number of talents that we have that the Lord examines, but it is the effort that we put forth. I would submit to you that if this parable had a different outcome, if this servant that had been given one talent had gone out and worked and put forth the effort with what the master had entrusted him and he developed one more talent, I would have submitted to you that the Lord would have said to him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Because you see, it's not the results. We're not responsible for the results. We are only responsible to put the effort forth. God is always responsible. For the results. So notice in verse number 26, the master responds with a stern, stern judgment. He says, you wicked and lazy servant. The master, our Jesus Christ, is both a gener- generous rewarder and he is a stern judge. Those who view God and see God as a hard-task master Never discover the pure joy that comes from serving Him and advancing His kingdom. As we finish up this morning, I want to take just a couple more minutes and and, and share with you. The, The point of this parable is that Jesus expects and He has equipped us. He has entrusted us with certain talents, gifts, abilities, possessions... He has entrusted us, and we are to work and to help build His kingdom until He returns. Infinity Church, what if the Lord was urging us to put down our fishing poles and start using nets to have a greater catch here at Infinity Church? What servant best illustrates me? What servant best illustrates you? How can we use our gifts, our talents, our resources, our abilities, what our time that's been entrusted to us, how can we use that to advance the kingdom of God? I'm going to close with an illustration. Then the band will come and we'll have a, uh, uh, a song, uh, a time of decision. But Wanda and I got to go to the Greenville uh, Symphony concert Christmas concert this past December Now I know that you you all probably think well He he's not cultured enough to go to the peace center the peace center and go to a uh, Christmas concert, but we did we had a great time. It was a wonderful evening. Oh man, those musicians are unbelievably talented that is gifts that have been entrusted to those musicians so a couple of observations of that evening we go in, and we sit down, and we're waiting, and um, um, there's about 65 musicians in the Greenville Symphony. And, and you know a symphony, they play all different kinds of instruments, stringed instruments, horns, drums, um, there's a piano, but there's about 65 of these musicians. Well, let me tell you, the program was supposed to start about 7, so about 5 minutes till 7, Folks, this is unbelievable. There was the awfulest noise I have ever heard in my life. It sounded like cats screeching and fighting, shrieking, babies wailing, fingernails going across the chalkboard. I mean, it was, it was awful. It was just, I couldn't have stood it much longer. And then, all of a sudden, the door opens to the left of the stage And out walks this man, briskly walking, and he's got the loudest yellow jacket on I have ever seen in my life. And it's got like sequins all over it. And he's walking really quickly, and he stops, and he gives a little bow like this, and everybody starts clapping for this man. And I'm like, what's going on here? What's going on? And I'm clapping too, man. I I tell you, anybody who wear a yellow coat like that, I'll clap for you. And... uh, So this man goes to the podium in front of all of these musicians. And he steps up on the podium and he turns once more and he does a little curtsy like this and the crowd's clapping again for him. And then, folks, he turns around and something unbelievable happened. He had this little stick in this right hand, a little bit thin stick. It was white. He took that little stick and he tapped his little stand one time and he put his hands up like this, and on his downward motion of his hands, that screeching and wailing and all of that, that was taken, turned in to the most beautiful hour and a half of music you have ever heard. Folks, that's what, that's what the Master is, is, is doing for us now. Alone, we're screeching, we're wailing, we're pulling this way, pulling that way. And the master is tapping the stand, I believe, and he's saying to us, Infinity, I have something for you. Together, we're going to make beautiful music in our community. I'm going to ask the band to come on up, if you will. And uh, we're going to uh, have a, a time of, uh, of decision. But, uh, and Pastor Phillip's going to stand right here. Um, some of you may have come in here this morning. You haven't heard a word I've said. You, you're hurting so badly that, you know, you, you're just looking for some type of encouragement to go another day. I understand that. I've been there. Um, so the prayer rail is open here. Pastor Philip is here. Some of you have never maybe made a decision for the Lord but you're intrigued by this man, Jesus. You're you're intrigued by what happens here every week as we do ministry together. And so you may be a seeker and and come on. We'll we'll walk with you through uh, the salvation experience of Jesus Christ. For me, myself, I'm going to go to the prayer rail and I'm going to pray for Infinity Church and I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to pray for myself and I'm going to pray for our leaders here because I believe we're on the verge of something that is going to be remarkable. Not because of anything that we do, but because God in His unmerited grace has chosen us to do a great work for Him at this time. So let's pray. Father, I just thank You so much for the Word of God. Father, thank You for the simplicity and the power of the Word of God. And I pray, Father, that Your Spirit would go out and that Your Spirit would touch hearts and that You would draw us ever closer to You. In Christ's name we pray. Would you stand, please?